Bonjour, good evening. Uh, my name is Chris and welcome to the French Football Weekly podcast. It's that time again. We're talking international football. Uh, this show is going to be slightly different to the norm. Uh, it's going to be sort of, um, I was going to call it a mass grande there, but that could have gone awfully wrong. So I'm just going to change that wording and say it's just a group of us talking France for the whole episode. So if international football is not your thing, um, stay with us. But uh, yeah, just, just, just get yourself a nice glass of something to, to relax into it with. Uh, let's introduce the panel first of all then. So we first of all, we have ladies first. Good evening, Phil. Hi there. And uh, next, the riffraff, Jez and Rich. Evening, gents. Hi. Good evening. Good evening to you both. Right, uh, we'll get straight on with it then, chaps and lady. We shall say straight off the bat, uh, France have qualified. Uh, for the World Cup in 2018 in Russia. Uh, a 2-1 victory tonight over, obviously recording on the 10th of October, recording the uh, 2-1 victory over Belarus at the Parc de Prince, uh, following up on the uh, rather limp display in, in uh, Bulgaria, previously a 1-0 victory there. First thoughts from us all then. Um, Phil, let's start with you. Overall, kind of summing up of this evening and the qualification campaign as a whole. I think the this evening obviously we were hoping for uh hoping for a win to to get things uh to get things sorted out without any um kind of messing around with playoffs or second place spots or anything like that and they did the necessary um it two one the the one was i think a, a complete loss of concentration from the defence just before half time having gone 2-0 up and the second half was a little bit more cagey but they hung on but it went with in a sense it was the fair result for what happened on the pitch and so it's a big relief obviously that uh, that, that happened and um, after particularly quite a tight game away in the in, away in Bulgaria um, as I think Jess mentioned in the last pod, Bulgaria had, I think, won all of their home games. So this was, and they are a bogey team for France. So it was, that was really um, kind of positive to, to win away there. So even though the scoreline at home this evening doesn't look great, perhaps, um, this was, you know, a really solid performance over the two legs to, to get that qualifying spot and, and get to, to the World Cup. I think you make some um, some fair points there in that it is all about qualification. But um, Jez, let's come to you. The last two performances, um, as, as Phil mentioned there, away in Bulgaria wasn't exactly inspirational. And tonight I've seen it described in various different colourful ways. Um, horrendous being one adjective I've seen used. Um, what, I mean, what, what is it about France? They, they've done the job. I mean, the, the best... Probably the best link you could you could use is is the English national team, where something very similar is happening, where they've done what they needed to do, they've qualified. Surely that's the aim. Um, is it just that the the French football supporting public are just looking for a bit more? I mean, a two one victory over Belarus, a nil nil at home to Luxembourg, a one nil in Bulgaria. It's it's not exactly Germany level, is it really? Um, it's not, but from memory, I'm not sure. I'm not saying France have had a difficult group, but Germany haven't either. 
Um, France are notoriously bad qualifiers. This is only um, 2006 is the only other time they haven't needed to go through playoff. Obviously, 98, 2002, they didn't need to qualify at all. But other than that, you have to go back to 1986 um, before they qualified uh, with relative ease. And even then, 82, 86, 78, all of them came down to sort of one match finals at the end of qualifying groups. So it's not, it's something that the fans are kind of used to. And although there, there is frustration about a couple of the performances, definitely the most important thing is to qualify. You know, Holland have just missed out on a second straight tournament. Italy, who granted are in a much harder group, um, are having to go through the playoffs where there's there's some, a lot of decent teams there. You know, you wouldn't want to be playing, say, Ireland again, who, who are always tough to beat. Um, so that the crucial thing is to qualify. And um, today was... Today I found more frustrating. I really, I didn't have too many issues this Saturday night. Um, there's the emotional baggage of Bulgaria. There's the fact that Bulgaria have won all their matches at home. It was torrential rain. It was between two and four degrees. Um, I actually think that was a reasonably ballsy performance from them. Um, and until, certainly until Kante went off injured, they were, I thought they were quite dominant. After that, um, they could have... They did go into their shell a little bit, but at the same time, I don't think Bulgaria particularly worried them. Tonight was a bit more frustrating because they started off, I thought, in the first half very well. Um, as Phil said, a complete loss of concentration at the end of the first half. And then the second half generally was was pretty poor. And actually, um, I don't know if it was given offside in the end or not, but Belarus missed an absolute sitter yeah. at one point, which would have made it to all. I think it was um, given offside, but I'm was. not sure it should have been. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, definitely reasonable to have some criticisms after tonight. But, you know, I also saw a couple of tweets saying France, you know, mentioning a couple of tournaments where France qualified with relative ease and sort of went down in flames in the tournament. And then you look at, say the stick that France got coming into the World Cup in 98 or how difficult they found it. And this is really difficult qualifying for, for Euro 2000 with a couple of great victories against Andorra and having to rely on results elsewhere at one point as well. And look what, look what they did in, in Euro 2000 and the way they played. I think that's the best France have ever played. So, you know, it's, Okay, there's there's things to work on, but it's for the most part a young team. Um, you know, some of them have barely had a season or two's experience. You know, in their whole career. So come June, that will be, um, you know, a a big sort of markup in in their experience. And the important thing is that they're playing well in June two thousand and eighteen, not in October two thousand and seventeen. It's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting um, summer to to come. Of course, when the World Cup kicks off, we'll, we'll cover some of the other teams that have qualified now, and well, in a second, and we'll take a look at the the teams that could potentially come through the playoffs as well. But Rich, before we do that, um, sorry, I'm sort of going to sort of load the gun and, and point it your way here, but uh, well, not at you, of course, that would just be weird. Um, <laughs> but um, do we 
as sort of French fans of fans of Liga and, and all things French, do we slightly overrate this this French generation? I mean, are we all guilty of maybe expecting too much? Like I said to Jez, you know, the qualification is, is done. That was the ultimate goal that's been achieved. So are we just a little bit guilty of, of overhyping players that are still finding their feet in this system and, and the squad? Um, potentially. Um, but I think when you when you look at that squad, you look at the players at, at, at Deschamps' disposal, you look at the squad that they've had over these last two games, you look at the players that have not been there. Aside from arguably, I don't know, two positions, maybe probably one, maybe two positions, you've got two or three excellent players for each position in a variety of formations. Um, I think the one thing that we're perhaps guilty of is is putting a lot of pressure on these younger players um, and perhaps um, they need to be given a, a bit more of a, a licence to, to express themselves how they, how they wish. And maybe that's one thing that Deschamps might not be um, best at. Uh, and, and, you know, he's got a short turnaround time now to, to learn that kind of skill um, because of the emergence of so many excellent young players. Um, but no, I, I, don't, I don't think there's going to be, I don't think there's too much um, overhyping. Um, I think there's a lot of justification. I think, I think what we need to look at is, is this a squad that would win the World Cup? Um, Perhaps that's something that we we need to look at curbing, um, but I think as you as you look at the players, there's there's excellent players throughout. Um, I, I don't want to be heaping the pressure on the squad of saying, oh, you know, this is a team that's going to win the World Cup because there's going to be, you know, a lot of of uh, very competitive teams um, next summer. But um, I, I think that the, the quality that that's in that squad. No, I, ultimately no. I don't. I don't think there. Um, there's any any guilt of overhyping. I think just would two of those positions you were talking about being problematic be the fullback positions? Because <laughs> seriously, I mean, Ben Mendy's out, and that's a big problem because then Luca Dean did not have the best night tonight. I mean, he got rinsed a couple of times and was a big part of the goal, the Belarus goal. Um, other than Mendy, you've got Kazawa, who doesn't really defend much. Right back, Sidibe is playing at the moment. Christoph Jali appears to be fitting in at, at both sides. I mean, remember a couple of years ago, the bright new prospects we were thinking of for right back at France. Courtier, Fouquier... They've gone. They're by the wayside. What happens there? Because that does seem to be... Everybody keeps banging on about the striker position, but the fullbacks, if if Mendy isn't there, uh, that's going to be tight, given his injury. What happens with, with that position? Those positions, rather. That's really... That, I That makes me nervous. That's the thing. I think... Um... No one's going to argue that Deschamps has ever been a sort of adventurous coach, but at the same time, he's pragmatic and his job is to win. And everyone makes a fuss about the, the riches at his disposal, but they are essentially um, mostly in the attacking third. And you're not going to win any tournaments just with an attack. Mm. And 
I guess he's taking the view, I'd rather sort of win 1-0, 2-1 than, you know, score three or four, but possibly concede four or five. I'm obviously exaggerating a little bit, but I do think there's there's problems in, in defence. And yeah, if you take the squad overall, it's it's certainly not the best in the world and arguably not even close to it. And I think, you know, some neutral observers, some people with access to grind, um, look at, you know, mention some of the attacking talent and say, look how Deschamps um, managed to, to ruin a team with these players. You can only play a certain number at any one time. Um, and, you know, I guess we'll probably come to it later if we're talking about certain individual players. But you're also relying on some of them to be in, informed at the, at the right time to maybe stop being so selfish, that kind of thing. But yeah, fullback is definitely the, the biggest problem mm-hmm. position. It has been for a long time. Um, I, have, I, I have... I Oh, sorry, go on, just sorry, I didn't think. No, no, go on, go on. I was going to say, I have, a, I have a little theory over the last couple of games as to why that defence has looked um, shakier than it, than it should have done. Um, and and <laughs> it's going to sound very, very unfair on the poor guy, but I pin a lot of it on Sidibe. You know, we, we, we've, we've praised him enough in terms of going forward uh, and then rightfully criticised him because he just can't defend. Uh, and my, my little little theory, which I'm sure will probably be shot down in flames, but my little theory is that because he can't defend, those remaining three defenders have all basically got to shift across and cover for him. Varane has had to shift across and cover. We saw that in the Bulgaria game, I thought, quite a lot. He's had to move across to cover up, you know, Sidibe when he's bombed too far forward or where he's missed a tackle or let a player go. He's had to move across. He's dragged out of position. Um, Titi, likewise, Dina, uh, Luca Dean then follows suit as well. Um, and, and again, I think I saw it a little bit um, tonight as well. I, you know, I thought Luca Dean didn't help himself. Some of his positions were, were pretty ropey. Um, but I did think that at times, yeah, he was, um, he was dragged out of position. But I think you, you can look across that back line and it stems all the way to, to Sidibin. I generally entirely agree. But I saw some stats this week, which I was really shocked at. That he's kind of at the top of the charts in terms of every tackle, every interception, everything, which I was just really surprised at because certainly that's not the impression I get watching it. Fullback is a difficult position to do stats on because mm. of the dual role, attacking yeah. and defence. And so you can look brilliant on one aspect, but then if you screw up, when they're coming at you, that's another thing. This is actually a question that um, we've had in on Twitter. Thomas, um, who is at Wiseman on Twitter, is asking us about fullback problems. And he suggests Mukieli, uh, Nordi Mukieli from, from Montpellier, or Almami Torre. Give them a year or so, maybe. And I think that's the key thing. Giving them a year or so, obviously, we're less than a year or so from um, from. Uh, the World Cup, that might be pushing it. You'd need to have Rich, people Rich who are maybe I... more more settled uh, in their teams right now. But that's a, it's an interesting conundrum. Rich and I have been pushing for Toure for ages. But mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm still not 100% sure if he's got French nationality yet. But for me, I mean, it's, not, it's clearly not going to happen. He's obviously not fashionable enough, whatever the issue is. But I would have... In the form he's been in in the last year, I would have Suke as my starting right back all day long. Yeah. 
really like him. Yeah, really, really like him. And and he's one of those he's one of those players that just quietly goes about his business, but doesn't really get the. That's probably the problem, or yeah. not problem, but why he's not not fashionable. Yeah, and and is that? I mean, is this because we, we'll have a, a very quick look at all the individual areas of of the, the national side and where we would improve or or change things. But is that not symptomatic of a problem in football as a whole now, where the, the on vogue is three at the back, which France are, are sort of not really playing at the moment. There, there's this there's this uh, this sort of fashion of fullbacks that can attack but cannot defend, which, you know, it looks great when it works, mm. but when you come up against some really top quality sides, you get turned over at a time and time again. Yeah, but then um, three, th- three at the back, if you're using it as cover for the fact that your fullbacks can't defend, that's not the right reason to do it. Mm. If you see what I mean. It has to be an attacking system. It, it has to be a positive choice rather mm. than just, well, they won't do it, so we might as well <laughs> stick somebody else back there. You might as well just have a DM that drops back when you know they go off on a ramble. So it's it's a tricky one. I mean, I think what we've seen at, of Deschamps is that he's maybe not a risk taker. So ask, expecting him to change his entire formation this close to a World Cup is is Unlikely. not not going to happen. I mean, the man no. is still. Picking Pyatt, Sissoko, Rami, whatever. Oh, we'll come on you know, to that. Don't worry. <laughs> yes, but I mean, that suggests that this is not a man who is going to take a big step a in any direction anytime mm. soon. Can I just yeah. add one thing quickly to, to Rich's point about everyone shifting right to, to cover Sidibe? I know I'm probably going to get shot down on Twitter or whatever for this, but it would help if the player in front of him tracked back a little bit. And to be honest, the players oh, pissed me off probably more than anyone else, maybe apart from Rabiot over the last two games, is Mbappe, who I really think is, I mean, in both matches, he's been spectacularly selfish. Today, we saw a couple, um, we've seen it before against Mets, but a dive creep into his game as well. And certainly against Bulgaria, he did very little, I thought, to, to come back and help Sadile. There is that danger, isn't there? We'll, we'll perhaps touch on him in, in the forwards, but there's that danger of not too much too soon, but it's only natural for a player who's had so much hype to maybe slightly over-believe in their own ability and, dare I say it, take on the Ronaldo characteristics of this team is built for me, I will do what I wish. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. come on to the forwards. I think that's a very good point. Um, are we all universally agreed that we're happy with the goalkeeping situation? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna caveat this by saying yes. Of course, you probably all know this. Listening to me, I am an Arsenal fan, but I've never been a hundred percent convinced by the Loris is the world one of the world's greatest keepers debate. I just haven't. Um, but are we all agreed that he's the best of what France have at the moment? Yeah, I. I think my my notes for he the is. Bulgaria game just read Hugo Kitten because he did one of those kitten with a ball of wool double saves really late on to save the game. I mean, I know sometimes he ends up in midfield inadvertently and he can do a bit of kitteny, flappy stuff, but he is, and I think one of the things that's very beneficial, particularly in the captaincy, is he seems a calm individual. Mm. And I'm... You know, 
from a French point of view, I think you can't <laughs> overestimate how handy it is <laughs> to yeah. be a calm individual um, yeah. as opposed to the alternative. So, yes, I think he's the best. I mean, having Varane now, obviously goalkeepers tend to have a slightly longer um, career. If they're mm. good, you look at Italy and, you know, how many good goalkeepers have gone by the wayside while Buffon has been the goalkeeper. Um, I think now we're seeing, obviously, Ariola is kind of making more of a claim for things. Mandanda is still there. There are others. I know Rich has got views on this. But I think Hugo is Hugo, Hugo is the best choice. And he's also the best choice for captain because he is kind of calm in public, but not necessarily behind closed doors, which I think is the interesting thing about him. Yeah, I, I should preface this by saying I'm not, uh, uh, for all those Spurs fans listening, I'm, I'm not saying he's not a good goalkeeper. He clearly is very, very good. I just have a little bit of a difficulty with the one of the best in the world tags. But um, so we're all agreed that, that Loris is, is the best option there. We've covered the fullbacks. Um, does anybody want to throw in any debate about the centre-halves? I mean, Varane and Mtiti seem obvious choices. With um, Kim Pempe. My, my only... With Kim Pempe, yeah. Rami, that's the one and that's... Kishan, <laughs> Kishan, and Kishan well. Yeah, if my, his Achilles my... holds up, of course. I'd actually say that, to me, the weakest link at the moment of those four is, is probably Varane, who, mm. the way he started off Gone backwards, career, isn't he? Yeah. I think so. Certainly mm. plateaued, but yeah, arguably gone backwards. I think he doesn't look as assured and classy as he used to. And no. he, does, he does have his moments. Is there an argument for Amarek Laporte, then? Because he's the, the other one that, again, as you said earlier, Jez, has been in fashion and has now sort of got, it's all gone a little bit quiet for him. Um, Rich, what do you what do you think? Do you think uh, he's one that could come in, perhaps? He potentially could. I, I'd really, really, really want to make the case for Kurt Zuma. Yeah, um, sure, yeah. You know, we, we've, we've been fans of, of his for, for years. He had such a horrible, horrible injury, has recovered from it gone out on loan to Stoke and is playing really, really well. Um, you know, he was an excellent defender before his injury. He seems to have rediscovered his form after the injury. I think, why not? You know, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, if, if anything, because he also gives that a little bit of right-back cover. Um, obviously not his best position, but, you know, surely he could potentially be a better option than, than some of the other candidates that we've got. Um, so I'd really, really make the case for him. Laporte is obviously a great defender. Um, there's something there, I think, with, with Deschamps not quite seeing it. Um, hence why there has been no rush to call him up at the risk of losing him to Spain. Because I think he can still play for Spain. Because I think he only played a friendly um, for France. So uh, I'm, I'm presuming because he, you know, he hasn't had any, a recent call-up that, that Deschamps is not quite seeing something. But... Um, you know, there's 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 countless defenders better than Adam Rami, really. I'm not I'm not buying into this experience excuse because no. he hasn't got that many caps. Um yeah, he's been around a little while, but He's not I mean, that good and he's not that fast. Exactly. So, you know? I've I've seen boats turn quicker. You um, might as well play Sylvan Arnold. 
<laughs> to be honest, it might as well just dig Sebastian Squilacci out of retirement. If we're going to go to down that experience route, then I mean, come on, I, yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, maybe it's because he's got a popular girlfriend. Maybe that's why he's getting in. Well, as, as I said, I tweeted it. I'd rather Pamela Anderson play. <laughs> well, oh, she's good up top, I believe. Oh, so, I'm oh, sorry. I stop I'm sorry. it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, it was there on a plate. It was an it was an open okay. goal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I, I think it's safe to say that nobody quite understands that one. Um, there are others which will come onto a midfield that are similar, but yeah, I can't. Mar- Marseille fans understand it. Boy, the bloody Marseille fans understand it. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I was just about to say about Varane, obviously, I think there has been a bit of a dip, maybe in his defensive qualities, but he is still great. And as we saw this evening with a couple of kind of towering header from corners. He could play the Wendy Renard role, I think. You know, that's that could be what he's he's there for. So, you know, I mm. st- still think he he Umtiti Kimpembe are the future. And he's vice, I think he's still business. vice captain as well. Is he really? Wow. Well that's yeah, my worry is that Kachani comes back. Is uh, you know, is that then Umtiti dropped because mm. You know, because Varane again, is the one that has to look after Koscielny and stop him doing anything stupid, <laughs> as we have seen on multiple occasions in the past. I think it's been a good couple of matches in the sense that, certainly for Mtiti, because previously I think it was, well, the Euros it was Varane who was injured, so he played with Koscielny. Now he's proved he can play with Varane as well. So if they're, you know, clearly that that's centre backs is a position where you do need to be able to play with your partner. And and I think and Titi has definitely um, gained some points by showing that he can do that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a uh, naturally if listeners are listening and if you've got people you think we're missing, um, then do let us know and uh, we will uh, we will nod our approval or or shake our head in frustration. But yeah, I think we've sort of covered those defensive elements. I would, there. I would just say there's probably a couple of under twenty ones that are mm. are getting pretty close. Lenglet to, for example. to having been considered. Well, I mean, the one that springs to mind for me is this a Diop. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's, well he's been he's the you know, has been fantastic now for two or three seasons. So, you know, and and, you know, and for the under twenty ones as well. You know, he can't be a million miles off. Are both him consideration. and both him and Julien both committed to France because they can play for the nations, can't they? Both? Am I I'm making that up? I think well, so. Mm-hmm. Julien's a bit older. Yeah, yeah, he's more 23, 24, well, isn't he? Job was in the under-21 squad over the weekend, as was um, Mukta Diakabi, obviously, Diakabi, who yeah. hasn't had the happiest time for Lyon this season, but is still a under-21 stalwart. And they've uh, Diallo um, played mm-hmm. both games as well. So there's still, in centre-back terms, there's still a lot of really good prospects. Obviously, Nyanyan as well is another one that I'm sure Rich well, will be. Well, he's... He's, he's, uh, he's declared. He's declared, right? Yeah, so, exactly. There's also Zagadu, who's just one rookie of the month in the Bundesliga. Oh, the Dortmund, he's, yeah. Dortmund, yeah. yeah. It's the area where there's the biggest pool of talent, I think, for the I, future. I, and Zagadu yeah. gives you a ready-made chant, obviously. As well. I was just going to say, you can't <laughs> pick him because you'll never hear the end of that chant if you do. You'll never hear the end of it. But, um, yeah, he's. I remember seeing his debut for Dortmund and I thought, my goodness me, what have they bought here? He was absolutely torn inside out, but he seems to have uh, have got better with, with time. Um, Lenglet is the one I, I... It's just a personal favourite of mine. I, mm. I really, really like him. And I think 
it, the trouble with that is, is whether he develops in Spain or not. I think it's the same with Laporte. If he gets a big move to a, a quote-unquote more fashionable club, same with Zuma, um, suddenly they're back in the spotlight. I, I can't help but think that certain managers um, struggle to pick players at clubs that are lower down the leagues. Um, it's just one of there's those also, quirks. There's also the Hernandez brothers, which of course, I don't yeah. Yeah, Only, only one like, of them on... now, though. Yeah, one's declared for Spain, hasn't he? Yeah, he's the left back, isn't he? Yes, yeah. Jesus. No, we need the left backs to stay. <laughs> I was saying to Kev Williams earlier, can we just stick a hat on Amal Majri and hope nobody notices? I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's it's an annoying situation. Yeah. But, uh, there we go. Well, there's our there's our defence done. Um, midfield. Um, huh. This is where it gets interesting. Um, does anybody want to put forward the case that that um, Sissoko should uh, should be in this squad. Um, I did chuckle when I listened to. I generally chuckle at Spurs fans in general, but when they were sort of saying that he had a brilliant game against Huddersfield, he's been great this season. And really, I, I just don't understand what he does other than gets picked without any. I don't have an issue with him in the squad. Do you know? He he's he to, for me. He's not done anything wrong in the French squad. But does that mean you get in, Rich? I mean is that is that enough? I mean you haven't done anything if, wrong. If, but... if you if you're called if you're called up <laughs> if you called up and then perform, mm. how can you then be said, well you perform, but I'm because you're you know, I'm then not gonna pick you. So if is that if he's, if he's called up and plays well, you, you play form players and, and he's one of those that's in form nationally. Is that uh, the Blaise Matuidi yeah. argument then? Because he was obviously poor at PSG for most of last season, but when called upon with France, he, he generally did a well, decent I would, job. I would, I, well, I would argue the other way. I would argue that actually he probably, for large parts of last season, didn't deserve a call-up. I thought when he was mm. called up, I still didn't think he played overly well. Mm. Um, you know, I, I get proved wrong every now and again with, with Matuidi, but, um, you know... I, uh, I can, I can perhaps. He's made a, a, an okayish start, I think, at Juventus. Mm. Um, I don't. Think he's, he's been, been pretty been decent, but not absolute not, dynamite. But, yeah, not mind blowing. Um, yeah, decent. You know, it, it, out of those two, I mean, they're obviously slightly different positions in that midfield. But I have less of an issue, I think, with with Sissoko. Mm. I think it's quite funny that um, generally. I find if I read anything about Sissoko in in the French press now, his name always seems to be, seems to be prefixed with "Man of the Match of the Euro Final." <laughs> <laughs> but to be yeah. fair, he's, he's got a few more months to yeah, maximise that. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, as as Rich said, it's you know it's not his fault he keeps getting called up, and when he does get called up, he plays well. He's um, very versatile so he's useful to have for a range of positions and I was reading today apparently he's you know he's he is a sort of I don't know kind of big brother figure to to the younger players I think that could be relatively important as well maybe I mean you could argue there isn't 
yeah, there isn't a place for him and Matuidi in the squad because they both kind of fit that sort of role. But then Matuidi as well, I agree. Definitely, I didn't think deserved to be in the squad. But, you know, he scored one and set one up in the last two matches. It's not bad going. No, no, it's not. I mean, it's, there's definitely an argument for for it. I suppose I'm playing devil's advocate. But Phil, what, the other one that divides opinion was... Uh, a certain Marseille uh, number 10, um, West Ham favourite, uh, Dimitri Payet, not. Um, he was booed by sections of the, the Parc de Prince crowd this evening when he came on. Um, he's not had a stellar start to the season with Marseille. Uh, I think he, he usually dropped inexplicably from the squad for one game as well. Is he... Is he worthy of the, the, the place? I mean, again, are we going on his previous form or is he another one that should be looking over his shoulder in the run-up? Oh, to, to I, th- I think this is another kind of DD sticking what, with what he knows situation. Like, you can't fault Sissoko's um, character and his application. I saw him being interviewed on French TV recently. Ed, which says you can't blame him for being picked. He, you can tell he puts 100% on the pitch when he goes on there. And if he falls short, in a sense, it's not for want of trying. The Bulgaria match, when I think Payet came on for Lacazette, and it was just like, why? What are you doing that for? There's no point doing that. I think Dimitri Payet can still be a very good player. He was a brilliant player, but I think Given the uh, kind of, given the con- uh, concurrency, uh, Jez, help me. What's the word? The competition. competition. Um, in, in that, uh, sorry, forget the English word. Sometimes, um, <laughs> given the, the kind of the, the pile up in that potentially in that position, I don't think that's a, a choice that's going to to continue. If it does, that's going to be a problem. Well, this 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 is my argument. I think we've got a question on one of these players. I'm going to mention Phil, so feel feel free to drop this person's name in as well. But if you're going to say Dimitri Payet is a, a number ten or a forward-thinking midfielder, you've then got any of um, Kingsley Coman, uh, arguably Kylian Mbappe, who's yeah a forward but can play in that sort of wide forward role, um, and Florian Tovan, who I think is the the name we got in the question yeah. that got sent in. Um, what do well, you, what I do you think, think of those? But, but Payet isn't a 10. He's he he's a left-sided... He's a drifter, isn't he? And and therefore, there are many left-sided players. Tovan has been doing great work as a, a kind of a right-sided drifter for, for Marseille. Um, and so I think there's so many players that thought we've had another, it's not really a question, it's a comment from Mark MDB 3017. DD, like a kid in McDonald's given fillet steak, prime organic veg and a fine bottle of wine, he produces a Big Mac meal. I think that's <laughs> slightly unfair, but it, it is one of those tweet. it is one of those kind of difficult situations where there are so many good players in those forward positions how do you fit you can't fit all of them in so how do you fit the right ones in and I think that's part of what's behind Deschamps sticking with people like Sissoko with Payet with Matuidi he wants to have something constant kind of this touchstone while 
all of these new guys come around him. And maybe he's my... doing that too much, but I think Pyatt is one that could go. My issue is there are more people said, over there. I think, as you said, Sissoko gives 100% every time. Matuidi, I think, does as well. I'm not mm -hmm. sure Payet does. Mm -hmm. So I think you can justify them being there. Um, you know, maybe this is completely unfair speculation on my part, but I wouldn't have thought Payet doesn't strike me as the kind that's amazing for team spirit in the background either. He's had his moments in a few of the clubs he's been at. And I, yeah, I think he's very different to the other two. Um, I think Deschamps seems to kind of, you don't, to be fair to him, I don't think he rushes to, to, to pick people just because they've had two or three good games. Mm. It happened to Payet a couple of seasons ago when people were saying he should be in the squad and he was saying give it time. And then he did pick him sort of the squad after everyone was clamoring for him. I, I wonder if that's kind of, Mm. Martial's thing now that you know I I think what most is, people what, think um, he should have been in this squad if he carries on in the form he's in no doubt he'll be in the next squad in the meantime Payet's in this one I can't see why at all I think of all his decisions um, Martial and Fekir not being there and Payet being there that's the one that I have massive massive issues with in this yeah. squad Fekir um, is, is the in a sense it's the big huge, miss because at least yeah. Tovan is in the squad mm. But then surely, um, surely Martial, for example, um, surely he's a player that has to leave Manchester United and get regular football to, be, to have any hope because, you know, as good as he is, no. he was almost the anti-Mbappe where he had a lot of hype and huge transfer fee, then had sort of a few issues and, and it's not really worked out. I just don't think he's a Mourinho type of player. I, I think what, he, you mean he's young and good. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, well, no, and he so has a, a Now we're looking at left, left wing, Martial, Mbappe, right wing, Komen, you've got Tovan back there as well. Lamar on the left as well. Lamar on the left as well, yeah, that's the forgot about Lamar, of course, yeah. Yeah, Mbappe can drift in, We he can drift, we know that. Um, so you've got a shitload of really good wingers there, and that means, unfortunately, you're saying, why is... Pyatt still being picked because mm. they have all shown well. themselves. You have all shown they have all shown themselves. And Coman's one who, like Jez was saying about Didi not taking chances, uh, taking uh, taking choices kind of quickly. It took a while for Coman to kind of get a couple of a couple of choice a couple of uh, picks there, and he's done very really well. Lamar is one where you can see he also gives 100% every game. So it's there's a lot of really good picks there, but does that then leave you with definite wing uh, options? So that whole three at the back situation, that choice just kind of goes out the window because that would then be, be too, too much um, in the you formation have, sense. France have France have the players to play three at the back. They absolutely have the players to play that that kind of formation. The problem is you'll leave you'll be leaving out. We're leaving out good players as it is, mm -hmm. but you're leaving out probably too many good players if you have to play three at the back with with two wing backs. Um, the player that we've we've not mentioned so far, and, and for me, you know, will represent one of one of these stars, and and bias or not, is Dembele. He's obviously to come back. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I've been asked recently what what sort of 
forward line would I pick um, if I was if I was picking this front side? And I, I genuinely would go for Mbappe on the left. I'd go Griezmann in the centre, and I'd go Dembele on the right um, because you've got pace, you've got excitement, you've got skill, you've got flexibility, fluidity. Um, you know, Griezmann and, and uh, Mbappe both are very sent. You know, both seem quite clear that they want to play centrally, but. Griezmann especially is, is seems to be more than happy to, to to sort of do the hard graft slightly out of position as well. So I would I would love to see that kind of formation. But uh, with the current squad, the current current players in that 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 attacking sector, uh, I would probably go against what what the other guys have said about Coman. I've I've not been impressed of late. Um, I know he's very young still, um, although he seems to have been around for. An eternity. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, but I, I've in the last sort of five, six, seven games, I've not been overly impressed with him. He seems there's a lot of running, there's a lot of effort, which I can't fault. But I'm struggling at the minute to see a lot of anything close to consistent end product. Um, if Dem, so, if Dembele's in, if Dembele's fit, I definitely don't have Komen near my first team. Mm-hmm. But I, I do like Dembele. Komen as probably a won't be fit. I mean, don't get me, don't get, don't get me down. No, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I have Komen over Tovan. But um, you, but that's that's the thing. Probably... I'm, I'm saying like on the, on the right. If you're looking, if you want, if you want a wide right player, which Deschamps does, and Dembele's out, then to me, Komen's the next one. Mm. Um, for on the just on the right, he's in in my view, he's he's second. But maybe there's I an argument for both he, as well. He definitely needs to do more mm. in terms of end products. Mm. It's it is one of those. It's a difficult one. In the interest of time, we'll just switch on to. I've just got one other question on midfield before we look at the strikers or forwards, whatever you want to call them. We haven't really um, done central midfield at all. No, we haven't actually. Uh, we We're 45 minutes in, lads. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I will cover that with this question then. Um, Phil, one word answer, Morgan Sanson? Oh, please. <laughs> That's better than no, yes, so no, I like that. Yeah, yeah. no, he's, he's, he's one of those players I just I had to mention. But he, I love he, watching he, he won't get into this team. I mean, no. I'd love it if he did, but he but won't. He won't. No. And Sometimes. for very good reasons, which are mostly called Pogba, Kante, hmm. Well, he's... He's the next one I wanted Rudy, to ask. Rudy Garcia. <laughs> well, I think, he, I think he just needs to get that Marseille team 100% cracked, doesn't he? <laughs> what, we're picking Luis Gustavo now? I'm pretty sure he's ineligible. No, I'm blaming Rudy Garcia for Sanson being further away from the squad. Yeah, I think I he's misusing him. Be inclined to agree with that. Um, here's the, the last one I want to touch on the midfield, and it's central midfield again. Um, I'm not convinced by all the Kante lovers. Um, I could just leave that where it is. And, Witchcraft! And let I, I just don't buy it. I, I really don't. Now, granted, I am also a man who has a little bit of a soft spot for Francis Coquelin. So, granted, my opinion might be slightly <laughs> skewed here. But, uh, and I'm not saying for France. Shot yourself anyone. in the foot there. I have, haven't I? I've, <laughs> and I've loaded and shot the other foot as well. <laughs> But um, and, and don't get me wrong, I know Francis is very limited. I just love his passion and industry, but not for France, I should stress. But um, yeah, the Kante thing, look, don't get me wrong, he's very, very good at what he does. But I th- I'm of one of the opinion that I think what he does is extremely limited if a very good team find him out. And obviously I speak as a man who's watched his, his club side 
take his other club side apart when he's not been at the races. You saw uh, Manchester City take Chelsea apart when he when he was just completely anonymous. And I think if you bypass him, yes, he's very very good at intercepting, but I don't see what else he's good at. Um, well, I'll, I'll say one, passes. I'll say one one perhaps controversial thing is Bakayoko does what Kante does and more. I agree. And I so for me, for and me, more of an it's athlete. A, it would be. Kante's great, don't get me wrong. I, I like Kante, I like what he does, but Bakayoko can do that. Mm. Um, there's no there's no drop in for me, there's no drop in quality. And then Bakayoko can give you a little more in terms of going forward as I know that's not mm. the Kante job, but if needs be, he has that that ability to push forward, you know, good on the ball, strong, powerful, and a much more physical presence. And when you look at kind of Didi Deschamps' um, tactical, his formation that he picks, in a sense, Kante being, uh, in a sense, a, a single job player, however good that job is, is possibly not a good fit. Whereas someone who can you know, go forward, uh, more like Bakugo, more like some of the other players who are putting that role does seem maybe to work better. I would say the opposite. I think that's why Kante is useful because mm. you know he's going to sit if he, if he's told to and it gives the others more freedom to go forward. I think he was very good and made France be very good to start with against Bulgaria and it was when he went off that I think France went off. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is partly Rabiot's fault. I'm happy to talk about that at length. <laughs> well, well, I've come full circle on Rabiot. See, I, I was one of the ones that doubted whether he was worth all the hype. I, I think he's been a lot, lot better. Um, not the I finished think, article, but... I think he's fantastic, but I think he doesn't like playing the sort of defensive sitting role. role. Yeah. He said it for PSG. It's kind of his bad luck that he was he had to play in that role because Kante got injured. But it's strange. I mean, this goes back again to um, what I was saying about Payet and Martial and giving players a chance. I think Martial is suffering a little bit because he was absolutely atrocious in the Euros whenever he was given a chance. I think Deschamps, funnily enough, he's, he's not bad at sort of forgetting when people have personal digs at him. He's brought back players like Valbuena. He's, um, you know, ignored the stuff with Kazawa. But he do, he has, seems to have a longer memory for people who who play badly for France and possibly I do think Bakayoko will get another chance if he continues playing off for Chelsea, but he had a bit of a mare for France and maybe he's suffering a little bit because of that. I think Rabiot possibly will kind of feel the effects of after the match saying. Yeah, I didn't play full throttle because I was worrying about getting injured, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was an absolutely suicidal thing to say. And that allied with Tolisso, who I think had uh, an excellent game against Bulgaria and pretty good game today, I think. That's the problem that this midfield faces, is as as good a player as they are, there's the looming Pogba shadow that somewhere in that midfield, Pogba has to play and has to fit in there. And Pogba's undroppable because... He's a match winner on his day, but I still think he's massively frustrating and I still think he underperforms nine times out of ten. I know there's plenty plenty of Juventus fans point me in the right direction, but I'm still I'm still not hundred percent sure exactly what his best position, position is. is. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, you know, that may be my ignorance at club level, but I, no, don't know. I just don't know what it is. It's not rich because I've I watched him both in Italy and at Manchester United, and it, I thought the same. You know, he, play, he played very well at Juve on a, and then left midfield role. Um, and he's played for Manchester United in what three different positions now, and I'm still not convinced. I know um, that the taking aside my absolute detest of brand Pogba, which drives me insane, um, he's an incredibly talented footballer who I just don't know. As you said to yourself, I couldn't sum up better. I don't know where he fits, and that's up to Deschamps to to find out, I guess. Um, but that's that's midfield. I mean, that's that's a. Uh, a nice in-depth look at that. Um, does anybody want to throw forward any changes in the striking positions? I mean, it looks pretty much... I would much... start with Ben Zemmer. Oh, I'm joking. Of course Jeez. I wouldn't. Don't you Nasri dare. Was on, Nasri was on TV this week. Nasri, I don't, I don't oh, even know where he, he was. He's in Turkey, isn't he? Yes, he's yeah. Antalya sport. Uh, yeah. Nasri was interviewed by one of the big French... Um, football programs and pretty much most of the bit that I managed to watch was all about Benzema has been badly treated it's not fair on Benzema it's I think you moved on to saying really the same about Ben Arthur as well. Yeah. Well, let's 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 get the band back together. Let's get Benzema, Ben Arthur, Valbuena, Gignac back in. Menez. Yes. Yeah, no, all back together. I mean the, the the reason argument that there's something about how certain players are treated, but having Nasri putting that across is not a good look. Um, you bet. If there's one player you don't want in your corner. Yeah, yeah, with friends like those, etc., etc., and so on. I mean, we did have one question, which was um, from uh, Bobby Chakraborty Boblex on Twitter. What does Lacazette oh, yes, have to do to get a start for France? Um, I'm going to answer this quickly. Grow his hair and bleach it blonde. That's that's uh, I'm still that's not a good look. I'm going to answer it better and say do something the head decent for France. Yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be. He is going to get chances, though, isn't he? I mean, Olivier Giroud played in the squad yeah. tonight. Um, in he's his, a different option. but In Lacazette's defence, even Deschamps said, you know, he's played 13, 14 matches. He's only started three. But he's actually, I think he's got an average of around 45 minutes per appearance. So it's mm-hmm. not like they're usually five, 10-minute cameos. And frankly, I like Lacazette a lot. I still think he can do a job, but he certainly has not done one yet for France. And he did very little on uh, Saturday. Although in his defence, if he was relying on passes from Mbappe, then um, (laughs) that was never going to happen the way Mbappe's selfishly playing, I think, at the moment. Mm. Um, So in answer to the question, he has had a start for France and he didn't do anything with it. But I think he'll get more chances. So we all are we all agreed then that it's uh, Griezmann, Lacazette, Giroud, uh, and probably at the moment, well, I suppose that's that, that's the fourth place that's open to debate. I guess at, at the moment it's it's going to be um, Mbappe as a forward. But is there an argument? We've mentioned Martial. Is there is Kevin Gamero if he has a good season? Is there a, a player we haven't earmarked that could make the step forwards? Um, I don't know if he's if we're talking of him in terms of a striker or not, but we we haven't talked much about Fekir. No, that's that was the only other name. I could you look at the other sort of young French talents coming through? There's not really anybody else who you'd say is ready to step up to this level. Is there not really 
I don't think. Um, this is the thing. This is why I think Deschamps actually is getting a bit of unfair stick because, like we said, there's so much choice going forward. But firstly, a team isn't just made of that. And secondly, it means that whatever formation he goes with, whichever players he picks, he's going to get loads of stick from someone. Um, you know, the last two matches, they beat Holland and then drew with Luxembourg. Everyone had a go at him because he kept more or less the same team in both matches. This time, he rests an 18-year-old kid who didn't play that well and had just come back from a sort of high-pressure match and difficult circumstances in Eastern Europe. And everyone has a go at him for for dropping Mbappe. He just can't win. Yeah, it's more. It seems to be like because of people don't like the style, they'll just beat him with any stick they can they can get. It's, it does seem a little bit like that. Um, okay, any other business on that squad or the forward line before we sort of take just the one just one thing on Giroud. I, I meant I tweeted out after his goal that that, that moved him up to seventh in the all joint seventh in the all time French mm. top scorers level with Djorkaev. Yeah, and I also put in there that that puts him now one goal ahead of Benzema, despite having played significantly fewer games. Mm. And I got a wonderful reply from someone who I would probably guess is a bit of a Benzema fan. <laughs> um, why do you mention Benzema every time Giroud scores? It's unnecessary. To which I pointed <laughs> out that every time Giroud is picked, he is compared to, to, to Benzema. Benzema. Mm-hmm. Every time he does something, whether it's right or wrong. He's compared to Benzema. So just this mm. once. Bear in mind it's relevant as well because he's moved one goal ahead of him. Mm. I just thought, you know what, I thought that was worth, worth, um, worth noting because Giroud gets a heck of a lot of stick mm. um, yet never really... Deserves um, it. Well, he doesn't deserve it. He always puts in the effort and, and scores ultimately. Mm. <laughs> you know, he I scores think it's the same for Arsenal. I think he gets a lot of unfair stick from Don't Arsenal Don't get me fans, started, Jess. He, I'll get he my soapbox his, out. He keeps his head down. He works hard. He does a job. He, I'm sure, would be the first to admit that he's limited as a yeah in terms of skills. But he, he knows what he can do. He does it well. And France need that. Whether you want that as your plan A or your plan B is open to debate. But I think he's an extremely important part of the squad. He's another one who I think is very good for team spirit. And... Mm. Um, yeah, I have absolutely, I'm sure none of us do, but absolutely no issues with him being in the squad. I, I remember tweeting a little a little appreciation tweet about him staying um, in North London in, in the summer and choosing to stay when he had offers from various clubs. Um, and somebody tweeted me and said, oh yeah, congratulations for staying at a club because he knew he wouldn't get games anywhere else and he didn't have a good enough offer. I'm like, really? I think some people just don't understand. I heard, I don't know if it's true or not. I heard he was very close to joining Everton, but his he was. didn't want to leave London. Yeah, I mean, would you... Actually, I'm not going to say that. I'll get all sorts of hate. <laughs> um, you can probably think what I was going to say there. I'm <laughs> happy for him to go on loan to Brighton in January. To... Listen, Merseyside is lovely. I'm just saying <laughs> I'd rather stay in London. But, you know, yeah, I, I think Marseille and Everton were the two big offers he had. And obviously he elected to stay and, and good luck to him. Um, and if a certain Chilean dis- uh, sort of departs, then we might see him back in the side. But we shall see. Um Okay, so just to give our listeners a a quick heads up, you probably know this, listeners, but um, as of tonight, time of recording, 19 clubs have qualified for France. Um, You might have heard that there's quite a big evening in South America coming up. So by the time you get this pod, things will be a little bit different. We'll probably have more names. But uh, if South American football is not your bag, then just ignore this bit. But the teams that are qualified now are obviously Russia as hosts, uh, Brazil, 
uh, Iran, Japan, Mexico, Belgium, South Korea, Saudi Arabia, Germany, uh, England, <laughs> Spain, Nigeria, Costa Rica, Poland, Egypt, Iceland, fantastic achievement, Serbia, uh, Portugal and France joining that, that list this evening. So they are the teams that are qualified. Um, obviously, we're still waiting on quite a few to come in. Um, just to draw a line in the sand before we uh, take sort of any other business and wrap up, uh, ladies and gents, I'm just going to ask you for a very short um, answer to this question. How far, as it stands right now, assuming everyone's fit and all of those caveats, how far does France go next summer? Uh, Phil. <laughs> That's a good noise. Um, I like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a brave defeat in the semi-finals. Oh, she's gone big. Rich, what do you reckon? Uh, I'll go a dismal defeat in the semi-finals. <laughs> <laughs> to the next up-and-coming nation, to Costa Rica or someone. Uh, Jez, what do you think? I'm pleasantly surprised because I thought I was going to be the only one that said semi-finals. Um, I thought everyone else would say quarters. But yes, I, I think they can make the semis as well. Okay. I think they'll win it easily. 9-0 every game. No. Um, I'm going to go slightly less. I'm going to go quarterfinals. Um, just not sure that they're quite ready. A lot can change, but I just don't think they're quite up there with the Brazils, the Germanys. Brazil have really impressed me, I must admit, in this qualifying campaign. There's Germany and Germany. There is, but there is there's also a Spain. And... Yeah, true. But there's a Spain, there's a, there's an Italy who, however dodgy they look, you just know that they'll come good by the time the tournament comes around. Um, there's always yes, that nation. They get through the playoffs. Well, there is that. There is that. Haven't there's... Brazil done most of the qualifying tournament without Thiago Silva? Let's let's not open that box, Jess. You know well, what he played <laughs> recently, and I think Look, they, they've limped off during they've the first got... half. They've got Paulinho as their main midfielder. I mean, you know, he's been reborn, hasn't he, from a trip to China. He's earned an absolute pocket full of money. And now he's middle of Barcelona's midfield and is a star man from Brazil getting goals. I mean, how could you bet against them? But... They're not gonna, they won't have learned their lesson from, from the last World Cup in so much as pinning everything on Neymar. Yeah. Unfortunately for the, the poor. Who else? Who else does that, Rich? There must be a club that does that. I can't think who they are. (laughs) Or a (laughs) thank you. Paris Saint Qatar. Um, Oh, that'll get me some hate. But (laughs) yeah, I I do think that Harry Kane team. Oh oh, yes. (laughs) That was a classic. Um, and of course we all know England will be there, so they're obviously shoe-ins to win it. Uh Belgium, another one I suppose we have to keep a little look at. And there's always that team no one expects to go deep into the tournament that seems to do it. Um, and again, look at those South American qualifiers that will get decided tonight. Will Argentina make it? We don't know. Chile. Well, I hope Bel- not as well. Belgium is still pretty... They're awful defensively. Awful. But then that's Roberto Martinez's philosophy, isn't it? But yeah. but they've got the firepower. I, may so. take, I, I, would love, I would love nothing more than to see them win it. And Roberto Martinez managing a team. The World Cup oh, can you imagine? We'd never hear the end of it, would we? The self-publicising, my God. Um, well, I'm backing, uh, I'm backing Northern Ireland because it's fun. Um, 
but uh, that's the teams that qualified anyway. So, of course, we'll have plenty to discuss before then. Uh, before we leave you tonight, um, we, we planned this to be 45 minutes and we've, we've well, we've shot that out the window. We were an hour. Yeah. I'm sure the listeners have enjoyed us bantering back and forth about players and squads. Um, Phil, you wanted to mention a little bit about the Women's Champions League and the under-21s for France. Yes. And then if we have time, we could maybe shoehorn one or two questions in that we haven't got to yet. Yeah, so on the Women's Champions League, um, the second legs of the round of 32 are taking place Wednesday. So Lyon in their first leg was the traditional and expected silly nil scoreline away at Medicon in in Poland, 5-0. Hat-trick for Ida Hegerberg, 1 for Wendy Renard, which was towering header from a corner, TM and one for Eugenie Lezoma with Majri with two assists, Abelie and Van der Sanden with two assists as well. Slightly more problematic for Montpellier, who were at home to Zvezda 2005, uh, Russian runners up last year. They actually lost 1 0 to a Linda Sembant own goal in the second half. It was very unfortunate. There was a cracking defensive display from the visitors, including from goalkeeper Irina Zvaric, the Ukrainian. I think she was the Ukrainian international goalkeeper. Anyway, she actually was at Montpellier for the first six months of uh, 2015. She put in an absolutely storming performance and saw off. Montpellier had 32 shots to Zvezda's five and they lost 1-0. It was quite unfortunate. So the second legs will be uh, for Lyon, not that interesting. Uh, For Montpellier, possibly very tense. So we're looking out for that on Wednesday. We've also had the under-21 qualifying, uh, which has been taking place over the international break. So France beat Montenegro to... 2-1 and beat Luxembourg 3-2. In both cases, they had to come from behind. Um, In the Montenegro match, they were 1-0 down at half-time after some really hapless defending from Mukta Diakabi. And in the Luxembourg game, they were 2-0 down at half-time to come back. In both cases, Martin Terrier, the... Uh, who is now playing for Strasbourg. Strasbourg. Strasbourg uh, was the hero. He got one against Montenegro. He got two against Luxembourg. Lise Mousset of uh, Bournemouth got uh, the other two. And it's not been a, a kind of uh, an easy run for the under-21s who are top of their group for qualifying but maybe that bodes well because in previous iterations they have we kind of laid waste to all before them and then screwed it up at the playoff stage so um i think we're just going to have to watch out for that there were some really interesting performances but yeah they're not the finished article and uh sylvain ripoll has possibly not yet found his his best best team on that front, but yeah, Martin Terrier with three goals over those two matches has been an absolute star. I think he's got star. six in 
I don't know if it's in qualifying or in the yeah, yeah. Six, 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 six in six five, in five or something plus ridiculous. Plus a, yeah. six, in, six in the three, and then yeah, an assist, and and his first goal for Strasbourg the other weekend as well. Yeah, mm. yeah and a player who's um, making some headlines. As is we we had a a question and about um, Samuel Ramsdale, which we're going to get to next week. But I just wanted to give that a nod as well. But mm. go on, Jess. No, I was going to say Terry is still on loan from Lille, who um, yeah. obviously uh, really missing him. Mm. <laughs> they got Pepe up front. Yes, less said the better, methinks. Um, yeah, it's um, it, it's it's all shaping up, um, and that uh, surprised by that that Leon women's score, that thirty-two shots to five. That reminds me of a club I watch quite a lot, actually. Um, dominate a game and then lose it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, Jess, but you've Montpellier. Yeah, I think to be honest, it could be any of the clubs we all follow, really, couldn't it? To be honest with you, but uh, insert. No, no, it really couldn't. (laughs) No, no, maybe not Richest. No, uh, um, so we've we. Sorry, I was just about to say. um, Just so we've got coming up at the weekend. um, Oh, you read my mind. Actually, go on. Yes. So, uh, whether we're going to pick out pick out particular games that are going to come up at the weekend. Mm. I uh, I had one in mind actually, isn't it? Isn't it this week? Isn't it Monaco Leon? Yes, Fri- yes. Uh, Friday. Friday night. That's the game that gets us back underway. That's probably the biggie. Um, I'm quite intrigued by St Etienne Mets. Don't ask why? me why. I just I just I just am like I I don't know. I I you know sometimes when you just look at a game and you just go I fancy it and I can't really tell you why, but I just kind of do seventh against twentieth. Um, uh, yeah, this have actually got quite a few from Saint Etienne players, but I they can't have, think of they? any other reason. <laughs> I don't know. It's just one of the maybe it's maybe it's the usual. It's I've been seduced by kits, Jess. I think that must be what yeah, it is. But I, I, well, I was I was thinking Bordeaux Nantes on that Sunday the might early be decent. Game. Sixth yeah. versus fourth, and you've got to think handicap wise that that's fairly level. That mm-hmm. would be an interesting one to. Uh, Spend an early Sunday afternoon watching. On and we all... I thought you were going to say handicap-wise, not have got Salah as their centre <laughs> No, I was <laughs> going to say that Bordeaux was, and, and that's not. And are we are we all going to? Is it is it Bielsa watch again as Lille host Troyes? Um, that's no, it, has the, it has to be. It has to be. Yeah, because surely if they that. don't if they don't win that game, surely he's under serious pressure. Then isn't he? Got to be. I mean, I just he's, can't. He's, he's walking before he's sacked. Yeah, I know, I know he said that he's not going to, but I agree, Rich. I agree. I, you know, that man makes his mind up mm. hundred times every hour. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, and then sits on coffee, and it all goes horribly wrong. Um, yes, so they, those are the games that we're sort of keeping an eye on next week, and then the, of course the following midweek, we're back into Champions League and Europa League action um, with the French clubs at Monaco. Desperately need a win in their game. Uh, who knows? They got Besiktas, isn't it, on Tuesday the seventeenth? So they they are desperately in need of a victory in that one. Um, meanwhile, PSG playing on the Wednesday away at Anderlecht uh, with a win there. I think will all but secure their progress into the next phase. Um, Europa League wise, we've got uh, Lyon are at home, are they not? I think they're at home. Scrabbles for fixture list doesn't find fixture list. That's always Everton. good, isn't it? Uh, it is Everton, isn't it? Is it at uh, Parkerwell? Yes. Away. Oh no, actually no. It's, it's it, they've got Gimarish 
no, that's Marseille have got Guimaraes, Nice have got Lazio, um, and yeah, I think you are right. I think it, Everton host. Yes, Everton host Leon on Thursday the nineteenth. Got there in the end, boys and girls. Um, that will probably be worth a watch as well. So, uh, if for nothing else, to see Ronald Koeman make up another load of excuses as his team fall at home yet again. Um, but uh, yes, I think that's it. Anybody got any other business for this week before we wrap up the show? Uh, Pascal Chimbonda has signed for ninth tier FC Washington in in England. Um, uh, they've made L'Equipe for possibly the first time ever. I'm going to guess. <laughs> and the last, I would imagine? Yes, possibly also. And good luck to Pascal. I hear he's a lovely man and enjoys waffles on a Sunday morning. The last bit might be made up. <laughs> um, anybody else got anything that, that I don't think we can beat that story? But any other? Uh, any one other? thing, one one that's interested me last few days. Um, Olas coming out and saying, um, "I fired Hubert Fournier because Maxime Gonalon told me to." <laughs> And gone along, turning around and saying, well, I thought what happened in the dressing room stayed in the dressing room. I was merely just the representative of the team's um, overall feeling. Hmm. I thought that... considering what Gonalon has, has sort of done with that team, I, I'm not sure that was a particularly um, decent thing of Olas to do, but Olas is Olas. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, indeed. I don't, I don't think anything else needs to be said on that, does it? <laughs> Um, okay, I think that is everything then uh, for this week's episode. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. It's been a little bit sort of um, not not thrown together, but we, we wanted to keep it sort of nice and floaty this evening because we're recording at a completely different time of night on a completely different day uh, straight after a game. So hopefully we gave you something to, uh, to enjoy. Uh, we will, of course, be back next week in our usual slot, I think, uh, back on a Tuesday with release on a Wednesday. So look out for next week's show. Um, you can, of course, follow us on all the usual mediums uh, twitter's your best port of call if you want to speak to us um at french ft weekly or of course you can find us all individually lurking in the depths uh on on the twitter sphere so do look us up there um and of course you can download the podcast via the website um via the soundcloud page which is the main pickup um and various other podcatchers as well if you uh, search hard enough you will find us um that is it from us though for this week so my thanks to phil thank you phil thank you and to jez thank you jez thank you and to rich thanking you sir as well thank you very much we shall be back after this weekend's games next week as we say to discuss all the league on action as international football is away and done until next summer until then we will speak to you very soon